Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. Today our topic is going to be a Biophar's Comfort. Let's begin today in 1 Samuel chapter 22. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, beginning in the 16th verse, it says, And the king said, Thou shalt surely die, Ahimelech, thou and all thy father's house. And the king said unto the footman that stood about him, Turn and slay the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled, and did not show it to me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priests of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, Turn thou and fall upon the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned, and he fell upon the priests, and slew on that day fourscore and five persons that did wear a linen ephod. And Nob, the city of the priests, smote he with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and sucklings, and oxen and asses and sheep, with the edge of the sword. And one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub named Abiathar, escaped, and fled after David. And Abiathar showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priests. And David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life seeketh thy life, but with me thou shalt be in safeguard. David had previously met with Ahimelech. Verse 10 said, And he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him victuals, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Doeg the Edomite, when a Saulsman had been there, he saw and overheard all that was done, and he reported it back to Saul. Saul was after David, but now his wrath turned to Ahimelech's house too. That's the greater context of this passage. Verse 23 showed us something interesting. It said, Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life seeketh thy life, but with me thou shalt be in safeguard. David was comforting Abiathar, and for good reason. Abiathar just witnessed the murdering of his whole family. He witnessed a great slaughter where none were spared, and he alone escaped to tell about it. Although it's clear why he was comforting him here, there's still something very unique about this interaction. Abiathar was a priest, and it was the priest's role to comfort. But here in this moment, he was the one to receive the comfort. The roles were reversed. That's something that we find in our own time too. Pastors, ministers, and many others who are constantly in the position of comforting others seldom ever receive comfort themselves. They're always there. They're always ready and willing to give to others. But it's not often that there are others who are willing to do the same for them. This isn't just true of preachers. We all know people in our lives who are great comforters, people who God has raised up to be a reassuring force in the time of people's need. And they don't often get the same back. If they're the one doing it, who do they go to when they need comfort? That's an important question that we have to ask. We see them comforting others so many times that we become over-familiarized with it, and we start to forget that they need comfort too, just like everyone else. Maybe we're that person for others. And we feel like we continually give of ourselves, lending an ear to listen and offering a word of advice in and out of season. But then we feel like no one's there to comfort us when we need it. This isn't talked about much today, but it's a real problem in the church, and God addresses it perfectly in His Word. We may feel and see that there's a need for the comforters to be comforted, and then not know what to do about it. Maybe even though we know it's a need, we feel like that's not what our ministry is. But the Word of God tells us a different story. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-4 to say, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comfort of us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. There's a lot to unpack in these verses. 
There's a ministry that's common to all Christians, no matter what position we hold or don't hold in a church. This is a ministry that reaches far beyond the four walls of any church building, and comfort is a major component of it. We know that we're called to this common ministry. Verse 4 told us that ye may be able. You may think, what if I'm not able? I don't feel like I'm able. But these are only lies of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 3 and 6 tells us, who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. We find the word able in both of these passages. Whether we feel like we're able or not, it's not our ability that we're resting in. It's not our work to bring about. It's the Lord's work that He brings about in our life. He makes us able. Half made us is past tense. This is something that He's already done. Since we're already able, whether our carnal mind agrees or not, our job is simply to use our ability to operate in it. But what if we want to operate in it, we want to comfort others, but we just don't know what to say to them or how to go about it? The same way that He makes us able to comfort others, He makes us able to have the right words to use. He gives the words. He speaks through us, through His Holy Spirit, which should be no surprise, being that the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. John 14 and 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. He brings words that he's given to us back to our remembrance, which is important because of what we found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In verse 4 it told us, Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. The last phrase stands out, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. The Holy Spirit reminds us of how He comforts us, so then we can communicate that same comfort to others. Our ability to comfort others is predicated on our first being comforted by God, similar to how love works. 1 John 4 and 9 says, We love Him because He first loved us. It works the same way, because comfort is really just a manifestation of how we agape love in action. We comfort because we were first comforted. That's how we know and understand comfort. We learned it through experiencing it firsthand. That's why we have something to recall when the Holy Spirit brings our comfort to our remembrance. Isaiah 50 and 4 tells us, The Lord God have given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. We're able to have the tongue of the learned and hear as the learned because as we saw in John 14 and 26, He shall teach you all things. We'll have the words to speak when we make ourselves willing to be used by God to comfort someone in their time of need. If we open up our ear and listen, He will speak. And if we open up our mouths wide, He's promised that He will fill them. A bifard witness and experience some distressing things all in a short period of time and with no notice. So it's no wonder that He needed comfort. But why did he go to David? One thing in that interaction stands out from amongst the rest. The second phrase of 1 Samuel 22 and 23 said, For he that seeketh my life seeketh thy life. They both faced a common enemy. They were both being hunted by Saul. That may not seem like it has anything to do with comfort, but it does. Having a common enemy is a uniting force. It brings people together. It knits them together in the same cause, with the same purpose and goals. Nations at war are always more united because having the same enemy becomes common ground between all the people and defeating the enemy becomes a common cause that everybody can rally behind. We find it to be the same in the spiritual realm. People come to us for comfort because we share the same enemy. 
His devices may be different on different people. Maybe one person struggles with depression while another has financial trouble. Maybe someone's grieving over a death while another is battling illness. The manifestations are different, but the enemy is the exact same enemy. It's the devil. In a natural war, soldiers who need comfort never go across enemy lines to find it. They go to their fellow soldiers for it. And the same is true in our spiritual warfare. We're never to go across the line and try to find comfort with the enemy or his people. We'll never find it there. That will just make whatever the issue is far worse. We instead go to our fellow believers to find it, which is another reason why we have to be ready and willing to give comfort to others. Why was David able to comfort him? It's the same reason why we're able to comfort today. He was first comforted by God. He knew what comfort was. He had experienced it firsthand. God reassured him of his safety and security, and he was able to express that to Abiathar so that he could share in it. If we don't have comfort, then we can't give it. It's been said that the broke can't help the broke. In the same way, the ill can't help the ill, the depressed can't help the depressed, the anxious can't help the anxious, and the comfortless can't help those in need of comfort. It's a principle that works with whatever condition you want to interchange it with, because it's a spiritual law. Luke 5 and 31 tells us, And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Today we can be a physician for others, because we've communed with the great physician, we have him dwelling within us. We can be a comfort for others, because we have the comforter dwelling within us. Our role is simply to let him and his influence rise to the surface and manifest in a way that others can understand and share in themselves. David shared his comfort with Abiathar. He reassured him when he needed it most. He was the source of stability when Abiathar's world was being turned upside down and was anything but stable. Comfort brings balance. It brings peace. It brings assurance. It brings stability, which is why it's so necessary to have. We know why Abiathar needed comfort, but why do people today need it? What specifically is the root cause of the need for comfort? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in the third verse, it says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And wherever we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or wherever we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed, out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired, even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. In verse 4, we find the words tribulation and trouble, both of which are the same word in the Greek. The concordance says for this word, that it means pressure, what constricts or rubs together, used of a narrow place that hems someone in, tribulation, especially internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined and restricted without options. It also goes on to say, it carries the challenge of coping with the internal pressure of a tribulation, especially when feeling there is no way of escape. We find this definition demonstrated for what afflicted Paul in Asia. It says in verses 8-9, to nine, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, 
that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had descendants of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. This is referring to the same thing that we saw defined, internal pressure, pressure that pushes us past the furthest reaches of our natural strength and puts us in a place of despair, which in the Greek implies being utterly at a loss with no means of escape. Through his oppressions, sometimes the devil will try to make us feel like the walls are closing in on us. There's no way out, no way forward. We have no hope. These faults can be very deceptive, and it's not hard to fall for their lies when natural circumstances around us are leaning in that direction. But we have to remember that our natural strength isn't where we find comfort. We're not the source of our comfort at all. We have a higher source. This is one of the main reasons why we find verse 9 said, We should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. Our natural strength will fail us from time to time. It will only take us so far. David said in Psalm 38 and 10, My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. Even though our natural strength will fail us, like Abiathar, we have no reason to fear. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's when we get to the end of ourselves that God can really begin to work through us. The famous revivalist Smith Wigglesworth once said, It's man's extremity that God finds to be his opportunity. And that's true. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We block our own progress. We keep back our own comfort. And until we get hemmed in on every side, until it seems in the natural like there's no escape, we won't look past ourselves. But when we do, when we look to Jesus and not ourselves, that's when comfort comes. We'll never find comfort in ourselves. Maybe we'll find a temporal false counterfeit of it, but we never find the real thing. There's nothing in us that would bring that about. It's only in God that we find true comfort, and its fullest and most lasting and eternal form. We have to ask ourselves, though, what is it in God that allows us to find comfort in Him? The last phrase of 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 gave us the answer. It said that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's the power of God in which we find comfort. Psalm 23 and 4 says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff are symbols of power and authority. It's in His power that we can be comforted. He holds all power in heaven and earth, all power over the enemy. And since He's the same God today that's dwelling within us, that same power is inside of us right now. 1 John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. The power of the Lord is infinitely greater than whatever pseudo-power the enemy may think he has. And it's when we know that, when we're sure of it, that we have no reason to fear, no reason to doubt, no reason to worry, no reason to be anxious, no reason to be sad. The power of His love is so intense and so compelling that nothing and no one can ever separate us from it. And that power alone gives us comfort. Comfort is needed in the bad times of life. And it's when we know that we have the power of God within us to overcome those bad times that we can then truly be comforted. John 16 and 33 tells us, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He overcame through his infinite power, and because of that, will overcome too. He's made us more than conquerors. It's when we then remind others of the power within them, that we can reach out in love and comfort them. 
The last thing we need to ask ourselves is what exactly is comfort? If we're going to go out of our way to comfort those around us, we need to know what specifically we're dealing with. In the classic Amplified, 2 Corinthians 1 and 4 says, Who comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted, consoled, and encouraged by God. We find it reiterated four times in this verse. Consolation and encouragement. These are the two things that we need to give to others. These are the main elements of comfort. We need to help alleviate their burdens by carrying them with them. We need to give them strength, bearing the infirmities of the weak. We need to mourn with those who mourn, sharing with them their trying times. This refreshes them and gives them some rest in the midst of a hostile, unrelenting world. That's what consoling looks like. Then we need to encourage. We need to inspire confidence of success in them, inspire courage, inspire boldness of action. We need to show them that through the power of God working in them, they can overcome the bad times and push onwards. We should never allow ourselves to see someone like a biofar and think that they couldn't possibly need comfort and then not do anything. We should be ready and willing to speak life and comfort to everyone, because most times it's people like a biofar who need it the most. Comfort, as the extension of agape love, should be unconditional. It should be freely given as a self-sacrificial gift. It shouldn't be something that we restrict to only certain people or only certain times, using an arbitrary, unbiblical standard to do so. We know that's wrong, so we can't let the enemy deceive us into stooping to that level. We know firsthand that there's plenty of times when we've needed comfort, and God raised up people to be there for us, people who were willing to listen and hear us out, and people who were willing to encourage and console us with timely advice. Now it's our turn to do the same. Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 2 say, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. We're commanded to comfort, and we can't take that lightly. In Exodus, the Israelites were at the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his army were coming up behind them. The vast sea stretched out before them. It seemed like they were at a point like what we looked at before. A point of no escape. A point of no options. A point of despair. That's what the natural mind would have you to think. But God didn't see it that way. In Exodus 14 and 15, even in spite of all that, He still told them, Go forward. When you comfort others, you speak truth to them. You speak the promises of God into their life. You remind them of the power of God. You tell them that even in the darkest hour, even when it seems like all hope is lost and there's no way out, you tell them to go forward and there's nothing more comforting than that. Because the reason that they came to you in the first place is that they're looking for some kernel of hope, no matter how small or insignificant it may seem in the natural, to latch onto and to hold tightly to. And that requires faith and trust in God, which takes the focus off of self and puts it back on God. When you allow the Comforter to speak through you, those around you will be comforted, and you'll find that you are too. Isaiah 49 and 13 tells us, Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mounts, for the Lord hath comforted his people, and will have mercy upon his afflicted. That's past tense. The Lord hath comforted. That means that the work is already done. We have the victory. The battle is won. The word has already gone forth. Our job is simply to be the vessel for which the Lord can do the comforting. We're to yield ourselves up to shine our light into someone's life when they're stuck in a place of darkness. When we shine our light, we dispel darkness. It flees from us, just like the enemy. 
and people are able to see the lies and deceptions of the enemy for what they really are, and they're able to see the shallowness of what they see and perceive in the natural. When we reach out in faith and comfort others, we can proclaim with the psalmist that the Lord hath comforted his people, and that's cause for rejoicing and thanking God. Let's close in prayer. Lord, today we thank you that you are the God of all comfort, and we thank you that you, the Comforter, have put your Holy Spirit within our heart. And where we ask that the comfort that's within you can rise through us and be communicated to those around us, we thank you that you put an unshakable desire within our heart to reach out in love and comfort those around us when they need it most. Lord, give us the wisdom to see those opportunities when they arise and to seize them to their fullest potential. Lord, today we thank you that you have made us able ministers. Lord, we thank you that the work is already done. Lord, grant us the wisdom and the understanding to walk in that ability, to operate in it to its fullest potential. Lord, we thank you that you've comforted us countless times throughout our life. And Lord, we thank you that you're going to continue to comfort us forever, that your comfort, just like you, never leaves and never forsakes us. Lord, we thank you for your everlasting and eternal power. And Lord, we thank you that you show that through us. And Lord, as we shine our light, we thank you that the darkness is dispelled and that the enemy flees. Lord, and for all those abiathars in our life, those who we know who comfort others continually but never receive the same back for themselves, Lord, we thank you that you're going to raise us up to be able to speak words of life into their heart and to give them the comfort that they so desperately need. Lord, give us the tongue of the learned to be able to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And Lord, we thank you for the change that's going to be brought about because of that. And Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you want to experience true comfort and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for His forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for His free gift of eternal life. Now, if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.